This episode of Writing Excuses is brought to you by Audible. Visit audiblepodcast.com slash excuse to start your free trial membership. This is Writing Excuses, Season 6, Episode 1. Can creativity be taught? 15 minutes long. Because you're in a hurry. And we're not that smart. I'm Brandon. I'm Dan. I'm Mary. And I'm Howard. And to start off season six of Writing Excuses, we have a very special surprise for you. We have Mary Robinette Cole joining us full time as a fourth podcaster. Yay! Hurrah! Hurrah! I so. cannot tell you how happy I am. Oh, yeah? I guess then we won't let you talk. <laughs> you can't tell us. Um, <laughs> He's not allowed to tell us how happy he is. For a long time, we felt that we needed a fourth podcaster, and Mary has been gracious enough to join us, um, and she has flown out to record with us live in person rather than over some weird Skype thing. And <laughs> newfangled we can't, interwebs. Yeah, we can't yeah. use Skype now that Microsoft's bought it. That That's well, true. Wrong. I mean, it would short out in the hot tub. <laughs> <laughs> Don't Water noises go here, Jordo. Water noises go here, Jordo. Um, uh, the very first podcast we did way back when, when we were young kids. Which most of you have never heard. Yes, because, because you haven't bought the CDs. Yes. Um, plug for the CDs goes here. It, yeah, it was, the, it was the unreleased very first episode, Can Creativity Be Taught? Um, and it was weak sauce. Yeah, it was terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to try and do so it. So we in- sold it as bonus material <laughs> on the CDs, some which of most of you have not bought. bought. I mean, it was awesome. Maybe it's because of that marketing technique of there's this really <laughs> terrible thing that you the get as bonus. <laughs> that we've put on this disc for you. Um, I, it occurred to me that uh, it would be fun to revisit that topic with Mary. Um, and, and hopefully not being, what did you call it, weak sauce? I think Dan said weak sauce. No, I did not say weak sauce. <laughs> Let's Did just I pretend none of us said that term and move on. Mary, hi. Hi. Can creativity be taught? Uh, I think certain aspects of it absolutely can. Okay. Um, there are people who will pick it up faster than other people, the same way some people will pick up math or music faster than others. But I think that with enough time that you can actually teach someone to be creative. Uh, this is an interesting topic to me because a lot of my, my family, a lot of my members, family members claim to not be creative, particularly my mother. Um, who will say, I don't know where the he came from, writing these weird, wacky books. I mean, she loves me, she supports me, but it's bizarre to her what I do. And it doesn't seem that bizarre. It's just another skill. It's one that I've trained myself mm-hmm. in, um, but I think my mother has the capacity to be creative in this same sort of way, but she, she'll never admit it. My inner Zen guy says uh, nothing can be taught, but anything can be learned. Okay. Um, which wow, is, thank you. Your inner Zen guy sounds like a jerk. <laughs> he, really, he really is. Um, when the, when the student is ready, the master will appear. Yeah. Um, it, and the point there is that if you want to be creative and don't feel like you're creative, hey, good news. You can learn to be creative. And I'm, I stand behind that 100%. And I think that uh, all of us here in the room on the podcast, all of us have techniques that will help you, fair listener, become more creative than you currently are, no matter where you are right now. And you know, one of the problems we may run into this is defining what it means to be creative. So maybe we should talk about that. Dan, what does it mean to be creative? For me, I would say at a core, most simple definition of creativity, it is combining two ideas or two concepts or two somethings that have not been combined before. And that 
I think anyone can do that. They just don't think of that as creativity. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. In fact, that would be my definition too. That's creativeness mm -hmm. and creativeness. Um, let's pretend I didn't say that. Um, but <laughs> that's, yeah, creativity. It's, it really comes back to one of the core fundamentals we've talked about in, with writing excuses, which is taking the strange attractor, as they talk about in Hollywood, or mm -hmm. combining the familiar and the strange. I actually think it starts before the combining. I think it starts with curiosity. That before you combine things, you have to first ask the question, what happens if I do this? Okay. Or what happens if this, mm -hmm. you know? Why does this happen? You, th that element of curiosity. And, and teaching someone to be curious and ask questions mm -hmm. is, um, is, I think, the first step in learning okay. to be creative. So how do you do it? Well, I mean, first of all, you have to have someone who wants to be creative. Mm -hmm. um, because or needs to be creative. Or needs to be creative. <laughs> yes, no, that's fair. Some people need to be creative for their jobs and feel uncreative. Mm -hmm. And the first thing that you have to do is look at, um, you, you can take any object and look at it and go, why is this like that? Like, and then you start researching that, or you start thinking, what would, be, what would it be like if it were different? Okay. Um, I think this is fundamental to a story, being a storyteller. I exactly. Mean, a lot of times, the, if I look back, the main reason I became a storyteller, it's because I would read the books, and I would love these books I was reading, and then naturally, I would say, oh, but what if this had happened instead? Mm -hmm. Usually it's happening even just like in act one of a book I'm reading. I would think, wow, what, um, what if they hated each other? Or what if this character had died? Or what if, and suddenly I'm telling my own story and it's, it branches right mm -hmm. there very, um, very starkly. Let me, let me tackle this from the point of view of, uh, of your mom, the non-creative person yeah. who doesn't understand you. Does she cook? Yes, she does. Okay. And when she's cooking, does she ever discover that she has run out of a key ingredient? Because that act of substitution in the right. kitchen is fundamental creativity, and we do that all the time with all kinds of things. It's problem solving. And that actually leads um, directly, thank you for the segue, to uh, an exercise that I think helps people who are learning to be creative. One of the things that happens when you're first starting out is that you get paralyzed by all of the possibilities. The white page, the what am I going to do? Yeah. And so starting with a set of parameters, mm -hmm. um, like an existing story plot, like taking a yeah. fairy tale and saying, well, what would happen if instead of um, Goldilocks and the three bears, it was uh, Goldilocks and the three giants? Right, right. Just do that, that, um, Just swap that this one meets thing. this. Yeah. Swap, swap one little well, thing. Well, you've swapped three things. <laughs> and they're, they're kind of three <laughs> big things, I mean, That's let's true. be honest. Do, I, and I will say that I, I totally stole the Goldilocks and the Three Giants from a kindergartner. Oh, okay. When I was teaching puppetry, this group of kindergartners, we were learning about adaptation, and they did Goldilocks and the Three Giants, and it was like a Dadaist play because everything was, I'd like to sit down, but this is too big. And this chair is too big. <laughs> and this chair is too big. <laughs> Fortunately, this chair is too, too big. big. <laughs> wow, that's yeah, and, awesome. You know, the, but stealing, <laughs> stealing from children is, a, <laughs> is an awesome tool. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> no, it really is. I mean, yes. I, if you don't think you have things to talk about or stories to do, try these writing exercises. You see people do at cons. I mean, I've done it before. We've done it here on the podcast, essentially. We, you can't 
you get a bunch of random people together and say, give me X, give me Y, give me Z, and they'll build a story for, it, mm -hmm. for you. Give me a character, give me, um, give me a profession, okay, give me an age, okay, give me something unusual about this character's past, okay, give me this, just get a list of five or six of them, ask your friends to give you things and have them make it a challenge for you. You will come up with, if you do that enough, a story you want to tell. Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading to the airport, right? Yeah, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. We're going to stop for our Book of the Week. Dan, what is our Book of the Week? Our Book of the Week is A Game of Thrones by George R. R. Martin. Okay. He was recently uh, named one of the Times 100 Most Influential People in the World, which is, uh, to my knowledge, the first time a genre author has ever gotten that. And yes. uh, this is the first of his... I mean, he, he's done a ton of writing before this, but uh, Game of Thrones is the first of his big series that kind of made him the juggernaut he is today and uh it's it's really good um george r. r martin is a fantastic writer he um nobody can do characters as quickly and efficiently as george r. r. martin so mm -hmm. if you're going to listen to game of thrones pay attention to that how he quickly characterizes somebody without you know pages and pages and yet they're all very distinctive um i will give a slight content warning on um game of thrones it is not PG rated, um, and so <laughs> be warned. Game of Thrones is um, is has some mature content. Um, if you want to uh, listen to Game of Thrones, get a free copy. H Howard, ah yes, head out to audiblepodcast.com/excuse, and there's a promotion there. You can kick off a 14-day free trial membership. Um, get a copy of Game of Thrones or any other audiobook you'd love to listen to uh, for free. Um, and help support the podcast so that we can keep doing this and keep uh, flying our good friend Mary uh, out to Utah and having her join us. They keep me in the basement. <laughs> Shh. That's okay. There's plenty of company down there. <laughs> it rubs the lotion on its skin. <laughs> so this is an example of how to be creative very quickly. Mm, okay. How is that an example of how to be creative very quickly? Well, we took a situation and we just turned it into a horror movie. <laughs> right. <laughs> By borrowing elements By borrowing from an elements. existing horror movie. Exactly. No, I mean, this is, this is actually really good. If, um, if you all pay attention, it's a lot, pay attention to this. 
a lot of the ways that we're creative are very similar, but can have different outputs. For instance, mm -hmm. jokes are the same essential creativity. You're just replacing the, something with a non sequitur. You know, if it's instead of, um, you know, uh, the, the story of, the, of the, the three bears, instead of it's, you know, the three positronic brains, then it's, you know, it, it can be silly. It can be science fiction. Mm -hmm. It can be silly. You can, you play off the expectations and you replace it with something unexpected and you have a joke. If you replace it with something unexpected yet thought-provoking, you have science fiction set in the future asking questions. If you instead replace it with something dramatic, you've got a drama. I mean, you can do this in very interesting ways just with the well, right uh, substitution. Something, something to note, though, is that uh, you know, Mary said we made it something horrible, um, but we were all laughing. Yes. We were laughing because we didn't want to do a horror movie. We wanted to do a joke. And so the whole tone in which we delivered that was, this is going to be funny. Mm -hmm. we, we're, we're going to deliver this as humor rather than as horror. Um, and so the, the tool there that, that I fall back on a lot is, is context. You yeah. frame it in the right context and what you are delivering, what you're delivering can be completely different. And again, with creativity, that's if you, when you're playing with the parameters, that's another tool that you can play with. Is just change the context of something familiar. Yeah, yeah. There's a there are a lot of great. Um, in fact, <clears throat> Game of Thrones. Since mm -hmm. we just promoted it, um, George R. R. Martin has spoken of. You know, he's a medievalist. He's a medieval um, scholar. He knows a lot about the medieval era, and he just did a fantasy retelling, where it started as a fantasy retelling of the War of the Roses, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. which is a you know, historical yep. event, a house war um, in our world, and he added some fantastical elements, came up with his new characters, and suddenly he has an entire framework for his story that he can base it on. Um, and, you know, that's not cheating at all. That's mm -mm. the way we do it. Absolutely. I do think that creativity, the act of creation, can be more than just uh, synthesis. Okay. Oh. Um, synth synthesis. The, the, the word yeah. synthesis is you know a combining a combining of, of uh, existing elements, um, and there is there is often in creativity there is that spark of you know, there's some element that is new that is that is more than just what has been. It. it, it yeah. I'm I'm stammering we, badly. We uh, do need. For the people listening, simply coming up with the cool ideas is not is is not not enough. Not enough. Yeah. Um, and part of the creativity for what we do is the framework. Mm -hmm. You get that spark, and then you learn to properly put it in the right framework, which becomes a way of conveying the coolness of your idea to your readers, so that they say, "Wow, that was cool!" And I see the extrapolation, and the extrapolation mm -hmm. becomes interesting. And I'd say that extrapolation requires quite a bit of creativity in it in and of itself. But it can be taught, trained. It can be taught. You can learn to do this. Mm -hmm. yeah, you just you have to foster an environment in which it. Uh... And and one of the things you can do with that is, um, and this is I think really important if you're learning to be creative, is is read. Yeah, yeah, the, it definitely the, the is. The more input and not you know, and the more input you've got, the more mm -hmm. definitely the, the, more the, ideas, the more tools you have yeah. in your toolbox to work with, the more raw right. materials you have in your kitchen. Read widely. And try, if you're going to be a writer, try different things. Mm -hmm. I mean, Dan, mm -hmm. you kept trying the same thing, and it wasn't until you tried something different that things <laughs> really exploded for you, right? Yeah, I, I grew up reading fantasy and thought I was going to be a fantasy author and wrote several fantasy books. Um, and, I mean, you, you say I tried the same thing many times. All of those books were 
a, a new thing, you know? Mm -hmm. Fantasy flavored in this direction. Fantasy flavored as history. Fantasy flavored as horror. Fantasy flavored as comedy. And eventually, kind of through trying new things, figured out what I was good at and ended up in uh, modern horror, which, where I had never expected to be. Right. Um, though, you know, backtracking just a little bit, you know, a lot of the things that you learn while writing are the same, regardless of which trappings you put on it. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And we'll talk about that in another podcast. We've got one planned where we talk about changing the trappings to keep in keeping the core story. But at the same time, for you, it just didn't all come together till you started writing modern horror. Mm-hmm. And now it did, which is great. I, I want to enumerate some of these exercises for people who don't feel creative. Okay. I want to give them things that they can go home with and, and just teach their brain. I, I want creativity push-ups. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. All right. Here's some. Okay. Um, take Goldilocks and the Three Bears and change one element about it. Everything that you change, anything that you change, has to affect everything in the story. Like the, the giants. Mm -hmm. um, you don't have to pick Goldilocks and the Three Bears, but take a classic fairy tale and change one element and see where it goes from that. Um, another exercise is find a transcript. Find a transcript and put a setting around it. Mm -hmm. And try writing the same scene once as a science fiction and once as a fantasy, and all you're changing is the setting. Now, when you say find a transcript, like a, like a radio play or like a... No, like a transcript of actual dialogue. Mm. Right. Just I, I have a transcript that yeah. we can put up that I use for... Okay. Uh, um, it's actually... We'll put that in the liner notes. Yeah, we'll put that in the liner notes. Um, one that I would suggest doing is um, take a movie from the last year that you've seen and mash it together with another movie mm. you've seen this last year. Um, they can be similar. They can be very different. Try and take two core elements from those two movies, two core parts of the story. We're not just talking, you know, one little thing. And ram them together and see what happens if you put those two movies together. What do you get? Yeah, the uh, variation on that exercise. Um, take a movie in one genre, a movie in another genre. Um, the titles, take the titles of those two movies and mash them together into a new title and and set that story in a third genre. Um, so, you know, you take The Silence of the Lambs and uh, Herbie Goes to Mexico, or what was the latest <laughs> Herbie movie, okay? I want to uh, see Herbie Goes Herbie to Mexico. Lord. I'm sorry. Uh, but, but, you know, Isn't mash that Christine? the... Christine? Huh? <laughs> it, it, you, that may be where you end up. Uh, but, and, and, it becomes, and it becomes epic fantasy, mm -hmm. you know? The, uh, the Lambs of Mexico... Uh, and it's now set in... Uh, Herbie is silent in Mexico <laughs> with the wizards. But, see, but, as you start, but as you start playing with that, you're going to realize some of these combinations just won't work for epic fantasy, but they'll work fine for telling a quick joke. Mm -hmm. um, but with those no, words, but, but you can get there. Doing that, you can do that. Howard and I did this at a conference just last week. We had an audience give us a bunch of random elements, and they gave us, I think, cloning, uh, chimney sweeps, and olives, and then one other weird thing. And we used those to brainstorm a really cool idea that we wish we had time to actually write. Um, and so you can do that. You just need to put in the work. And through the season, like we've done in previous seasons, we'll do that here on the podcast. We'll show you step-by-step -step professional writers approaching building a story out of disparate random elements. Um, but 
you know what? I, those are plenty of writing prompts. I'm going to end this podcast by saying, take one of these writing prompts, whatever we've just given you. If you can figure out what Howard's was, use that one. Otherwise, <laughs> <laughs> um, I didn't give you a prompt. Whatever you write for your writing prompt, <laughs> the title is going to be The Silence of the Mexican Herbie. Part two, The Two Towers. <laughs> Okay, I think that's enough. We've beaten this one to death. <laughs> this has been Writing Excuses. You're out of excuses. Now go write. If you aren't familiar with Locus Magazine, they're a long-standing and respected website, magazine, archive, and resource for science fiction, fantasy, and horror. Basically, they're the industry magazine for our genre. They also run the annual Locus Awards, a top-tier award that recognizes new, diverse, and excellent voices in speculative fiction. They tell the storyteller's stories through author interviews, book reviews, curated reading lists, international industry news, obituaries, and more. Locus has meant a lot to me, both personally and professionally. In my career, I've been interviewed by them, and I've also turned to them as a source of understanding who is involved in the industry. Locus is holding their annual fundraising drive to keep their doors open, lights on, and future bright. I'll be contributing to their crowdfunding campaign by donating a cutscene, some original art, and a couple of other things like, do you want to do a one-on-one chat with me? So join me in supporting Locus.